Time for the Milwaukee Health Briefing. We are joined by our friend, Dr. John Raymond, is the president and CEO of the Medical College of Wisconsin. Dr. Raymond, thank you so much for being with us here in the studio. Yeah, thank you, John. Good to be here. I was excited to hear this. Certain types of music can reduce pain, according to a new study that's out. What is this all about? Yeah, this is really interesting and pretty cool. I agree with you. There's a study that shows that the perception of pain can be reduced or diminished if you listen to music. And the way they set the study up is you could listen to three kinds of music, either a relaxing tune that someone else picked that you weren't familiar with, your favorite music, or music that you would choose to take with you on a deserted island. And what Hmm. they found was that if you listen to your favorite music, you had a reduction in your pain by about 10%. So it's not going to substitute for pain medicines and some of the other things that we do, physical therapy to reduce pain. But it's going to help. So you're a heavy metal guy. So ACDC will help you reduce your pain Yeah, perception? I'm more progressive metal, but ACDC is okay. <laughs> Pick the right song and I'll be happy. Well, what is progressive metal these days? <laughs> that's Dream a good theater, question. Oh, apps. there you go. Okay. So that's yours. Yeah. Some sobering <laughs> facts about alcohol and cancer, Dr. Raymond. Is this a relatively new study and, and what are its findings? Right. There's emerging evidence that alcohol can cause cancer and that there's a significant association. I think we've known about that with liver cancer for a long time, but surprisingly, uh, cancer is is linked to alcohol consumption in breast cancer, oral cancers, cancers of the pharynx and esophagus, colorectal, as we mentioned, liver, and probably stomach, pancreas, and bladder cancer as well. And there's a correlation between the amount that people drink and their risk of getting these cancers. So it's important for people, to, if they can, to modulate their alcohol intake. So in moderation, might it be okay? Or at least will lessen the likelihood? It lessens the likelihood. There's a dose-response uh, relationship. There was another study suggesting that people with less that drink less than two drinks a day or um, a bottle of wine a week yep. um, have a lower risk than people that drink more than that. Two to three drinks and six drinks a day caused a very, very significant 50% uh, of the cancers. And experts are also weighing in on what drinks may be the worst for our health. Yeah, well, obviously, we just talked about um, alcohol Alcohol. Mm -hmm. uh, being a drink that you need to take in modulation. But others as well, energy drinks actually can have very negative health effects. They can have high calories or they can be loaded with artificial sweeteners, caffeine, lots of amino acids, And when you consume those in volume, especially with, say, um, alcohol, they can actually have a a risk of having having death or cardiac arrhythmias. Um, So drink those in modulation. Sodas also, as we've talked about before, whether they're sugared or not, can have negative health benefits. And then we don't talk about this enough. A lot of us like our coffee in the morning, but if you add a lot of sugar and cream, maybe get a latte, that can cause negative health benefits as well. And so there was a recent study kind of ranking the uh, the drinks for their negative impact on health. Well, and, the beverage space is so competitive and crowded that manufacturers that used to just make uh, an ordinary beverage like an iced tea, now they make uh, more of an energy version of iced tea. Gatorade's got an energy drink. Snapple has an energy drink. Yeah. Buy, which is a, a probiotic, sort of, has an energy drink. Like you really have to be careful when you're shopping so you know what you're picking up and buying. Right. Know what you're drinking and drink them in moderation. Don't don't overdo it. Uh, oftentimes when we uh, go through our rundowns, Dr. Raymond, there are words that we can't really pronounce here. We rely on you to help us with it. Uh, I think I have this one down. Semaglutides, what are they and how are they contributing to weight loss in children? 
Well, you nailed it, Greg. That's how you pronounce it. I said it fast. Yes. I, I thought I, that would help. But, yeah. <laughs> but those are the uh, new drugs that um, people use to try to lose weight that were originally for diabetes, like Wegovy or Ozempic or Rebelsis or Monjoro. And so um, there, there's some studies recently that suggest that those medications are incredibly effective at causing weight loss, but... There's also a recent concern expressed out of Iceland that they may be associated with an increased risk of thinking about committing suicide. There's actually surprisingly been an association of increased suicide risk and suicidal thinking when people lose weight. So it may not hmm. have anything to do with these specific medications. Also, don't stop taking them if you're taking them under a doctor's supervision but the European Medicines Association is investigating. So it's not related to suicide risk, but Belgium may be putting a temporary ban in place on the use of Ozempic. Yeah, Bel- Belgium plans a temporary ban on the use of Ozempic for weight loss because it's in very short supply. And they're concerned that people that are using it for diabetes management won't have access to that medication. A lot of people right now, Dr. Raymond, getting their flu shot, maybe getting a COVID booster, but there's a new vaccine from Pfizer recently approved by the FDA. What's it all about? What will it help? Yeah, this is really exciting. It's a new vaccine to treat or to prevent meningococcus, and that's a common bacterial infection that um, in certain circumstances can cause life-threatening illness. So I say common because we carry it around. 10% of people have meningococcus in their nasal cavity. But it can cause sepsis and um, meningitis or infection and inflammation of the brain and the spine. And the current vaccines we have only treat some of the substrains. Um, you have to actually get two different types of meningococcal vaccine to treat the most common forms that circulate. So there's a new vaccine that treats five of the six predominant strains that's coming out. Um, So that's going to make it easier because currently if you want to be treated uh, or have your vaccine for type A and type B, you have to get a series between the ages of 11 and 12 and then a second series for the the B strain between the ages of 16 and 23. If this new vaccine is fully approved, you should be able to get that in one series instead of two. It went to the FDA last week for approval and there was approval and now it's at the CDC. All right, Dr. Raymond, how about some good news of the week? I know it might sound strange because it's snowing out today, but I was thinking about, we've talked a lot about exercise and how important it is to even take a walk outside. And my wife uh, showed me a couple of studies that suggested if you take your walks in nature, that you get an added health benefit. And we have such a great park system here in Milwaukee County. I would just encourage people take advantage of the changing of the leaves before they all fall to the ground. That is a great point. Dr. John Raymond is the president and CEO of the Medical College of Wisconsin. We always appreciate you being here. Thank you, Dr. Raymond. Thanks, John and Greg.